we've been doing the Ten Commandments. Um, that is something that uh, usually if you tell people, hey, you should come to this church, what are they doing? The Ten Commandments. They're like, I don't really don't want to do that, you know, because uh, for so long we have seen these as like uh, harsh uh, rules in our lives, and I'm, I'm praying that we have seen these as a, uh, a tools for developing a personal relationship with God. That's what their intention was. We've done five of them so far. Uh, no other gods before me, no graven images or likenesses. Don't make wrongful use of my name. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother. Now, these are things that you can go back and look at on our YouTube pages and stuff like that if you want to look at them. Uh, I, I pray that we've been giving them a little bit of a different look, uh, making us think about some other things that maybe we haven't thought about in the, uh, the past. Some of them have been extensive and long and not as black and white as we think they are. Um, this one's pretty long. Uh, you sh just don't kill each other. Uh, pretty much says, uh, Exodus 13, that's just all it says. You just don't murder. Um, and, you know, Will, before service, he was even looking at this and he was saying, well, that should be short. You know, that should be a short service. And I said, well, prepare, have a song ready because it might be that quick, you know. But uh, we, if, if you grew up uh, with the church and all of that stuff and the Ten Commandments, uh, some of the times that you would actually hear, uh, you shall not kill. But I want to, this, this newer version here is actually the more accurate one. You'll, you'll notice how in the, in the corner here, uh, ratza, it's a Hebrew word, and it basically means homicide. It means um, to, to murder, uh, not just to kill, but to murder. And a lot of folks during that time actually wouldn't understand that, and so they would um, see that as um, meaning to actually purposely take someone's life, and they would excuse things like war and even capital punishment, because that's not what it says. And technically, they are correct. It doesn't say that. It means homicide. It means you should not commit homicide, is what that is saying. Uh, it is God saying, don't do that. Now, that is something that I think um, most of us can walk away and say, you know, there's about nine of them that I've done, but hey, at least I haven't killed anybody. Uh, we love to have that one that's like the, the get out of jail free card. You know, we, hey, at least I didn't do that. You know, I'm not that. Uh, other people have done that, but I've not done that. So I'm better than them because I'm nine out of 10, you know, or uh, instead of 10 out of 10. So, and then we, so many times we try to look at things uh, in, the, in the Bible like that with, with, with like, like black and white thinking. Uh, we try to look at things like it says this and says this. And, and truly, for centuries, there have been people that have said, uh, this means that you, uh, it means homicide, which means we can continue to have wars. We can continue to have uh, capital punishment. We can continue. And, and whatever your, your, your viewpoint on that is, it's just saying that uh, people have narrowed the scope on uh, many things in the Bible. And oftentimes, sadly, we narrow the scope when we find ourselves narrowing the scope we oftentimes find ourselves uh, because we've wanted to prove a point or we've wanted to win an argument. So we'll take just a phrase from the Bible and we will throw it at somebody uh, with all the might in the world. And sometimes it is used very hatefully. Sometimes it's used very judgmentally. We will take things and use them as weapons. And the Bible has never been meant to use it as a weapon. Uh, if someone breaks into your house, you got one of those big ones, smack them in the face with it. It might work with, for that purpose. But the words that we use are never meant for us to stand 
on a, a high horse and point down at somebody else. But sadly, it has. And we even look at something like you shall not murder as, hey, I'm free, I'm cool, I'm in the safe zone from that. You're not. You're not. Uh, and we use this to make ourselves feel better about somebody else, or better about ourselves by putting somebody else down. The bad thing about that is that the, the wrench in the wheel, is that a saying, the wrench in the wheel? That's a wrench, that's a wheel. You know, I don't know why, who's doing that, but it's, uh, don't do that, kids. Uh, wrenches, wheels should be in separate corners of the room, um, just for safety purposes. But the wrench in all of this is a guy named Jesus. And he loved to take things and turn them like this. Oftentimes uh, he would make a big turn, but sometimes he would take something that we all thought was uh, just this black and white thing, and he would say, have you looked at it this way? And I love that, and I, and I, and I hope that uh, the, the preaching and the messages that you hear uh, at Neighbors is, is oftentimes uh, that twist of, did we look at this further? Uh, is this as black and white as we think we are? Because in Jesus' time, the, the, the you shall not murder is exactly the, the mentality that people had, and a lot of people were saying, at least I haven't done that, I'm better than you. And there was a lot of that going on. Imagine people saying, I'm holier than you are. I know more about the Bible than you are. I'm going to use this phrase to condemn you. We don't do that today, do we? No, of course not. But in Jesus' time... They did. And Jesus was even taking something as black and white as the Ten Commandments, and he would say, have you looked at it this way? You are the ones that say that you haven't murdered. Okay, you think that you're all safe on that. You think that you got the clear ride on this. But let me tell you something. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. Kind of takes the, the energy out of that uh, hoity-toity part of saying, well, at least I didn't kill somebody. Because every one of us, every one of us has been angry with somebody, right? He goes on to say, and if you insult somebody, racha, that's a Greek term, it means verbally abuse somebody. If you insult or verbally abuse a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, that is a statement of judgment. If you say you are dumber than me, I'm smart, you are less than I am, that's when Jesus says you will be liable to the hell of fire. Now, the hell of fire is not, um, has been translated uh, to, to mean, you know, the, but what he's talking about is an is a actual place that people knew of that time. Uh, the Hebrew term is Gehenna, and, and that was an actual place where people, uh, they would burn trash, they would burn all sorts of stuff, but the worst thing about it is, is it was a place that at one time pagans would actually sacrifice children. Uh, they would actually, and they would burn them. It was a place where people did atrocious things. And so Jesus speaks in parables, and he speaks. He's not saying here, black and white thinkers, that if you do this, you're just going to go there. He's saying, that's bad what you're doing. 
He's saying when you put somebody else down, when you think that you're better than somebody else, when you call somebody else a fool, when you abuse someone verbally, it, is not has, it does not have a good outcome. That action is like sitting in this wasteland where bad things happen. Every one of us can say uh, we're guilty of a lot of things that Jesus said there. Every one of us has been, uh, I, 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 I think it's safe to say that not all, every one of us has killed somebody, but every one of us has damaged someone's spirit. Every one of us has hurt somebody. Every one of us has, in Jesus' terms, um, murdered love, uh, have, have killed love at one time. And sometimes that means uh, me uh, calling you something bad, insulting you, being angry at you, hating you. Every one of us has done that. So the question is, how do we, in our world today, continue to keep that love alive? Because I believe that that's what Jesus is talking about when he talks about that commandment. Do not murder the love of Christ. Do not murder that. Do not take away the love of Christ. Do not think that you are uh, better at, at somebody or uh, able to use the power of the Bible to hate somebody else or to judge somebody else. We as Christians, we are meant to spread love. We are meant to open the doors to the kingdom of heaven. We are meant to be there for one another. And that means everybody. That means reaching out to people of different cultures. Uh, that means reaching out to people of uh, different nationalities. That means reaching out to people of different lifestyles. That means reaching out and building a community of the kingdom of heaven. That's what that means. And so the Ten Commandments, when we look at something like murder, we can easily say that it means don't kill somebody. But Christ tells us that it means so much more than that. Don't harm the spirit of another person. So much of Jesus is about treating people with respect and love. So much of the mission of Christ is about being there for one another and not being mean to one another. And yet we continue to use Scripture and words from the Bible and our own stance as Christians to harm another person. That's where Jesus says that's the same as murder. You know, I had a wonderful experience yesterday. Wonderful experience yesterday. Uh, yesterday was the first um, time that Lincoln had a pride parade. How long is, how old is Lincoln? It's old. We've been around here for a long time, you know. Uh, we, we've been around long enough to where we should have had, there's things that have happened that we think we should have had before, like we, that's always been in place. Um, but it was the first. And I'm so honored to say that Neighbors was part of it. Um, when we look at our church history, there's evidence that we have reached out, that we have um, celebrated God's love, 
that we have not come in, you know, and said that we're better than people or that uh, put on this feign thing of, uh, oh, sure, we, we, we love everybody because of all this stuff, but you should change and we're actually better than people. No, we've actually been a part of every community. When you're part of a community, uh, what that means is that I don't come in like I know everything and say, uh, I'm going to grace you with my presence and oh, the things I can teach you. It looks better when you're taller. But it, it's about what neighbors, what we believe is that when we go into a community, we go into a community because we're part of that community and that community is part of us. And it's an exchange of ideas. It's an exchange of friendship. It's an exchange of cultures. It's, ex it's speaking and it's listening. And I was able to do that yesterday. Um, I'd never been in a pride parade. Um, and, and I had some wonderful people that were part of this. Uh, some of them you can see around the room here. Uh, they brought uh, their sports cars. Um, Gail was so upset that uh, we, we, it was only five miles an hour. She really wanted to hit it, you know. And so... Um, you know, the funny thing about this is we, we, we on a side note, we, we decorated uh, Yale's car, and we were getting ready to leave, and uh, you said, leave, leave the flags on. Yeah, and I could just picture Gail just going down the highway, flags, you know, just waving, driving about 95, 100 miles per hour, you know, just, <laughs> you know, people say, what was that? Um, but it, the thing that we noticed when we uh, um, walked in this parade is that the, the, the capital area that this parade was held was a place of love. It was not just a place of a, a political gesture or, uh, or a, a stance of any kind. It was just people gathering together, cheering each other on. Cheering each other on. It was about people celebrating the spirit of love. Alice and I, we, I walked with, with my wife, Allison, and, uh, well, she didn't walk. She was in the chair, you know, lazy. But um, we turned that corner, and uh, people saw the, the church signal, uh, signs. They saw the signs that we were holding, and people cheered. They cheered. Um, I, w I was wearing a shirt that said, uh, this pastor loves you. And people were asking me to take pictures of that. Uh, they were uh, hugging. It was a people celebrating people. And Allison and I turned that corner. And I, forgive me, but I still get a little choked up about this. I saw... People just doing this. No agendas, just loving. And I turned to Allison, and we were both getting, it just overwhelmed us. And I said, this is what it feels like the first time that I ever served communion. The first time that I shared the Spirit of God felt like this. 
Because that's what that whole communion thing is about. It's about sharing a community of love. And Allison turned to me and she said, I think this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Colorful, cheering, all different kinds of people, laughing, celebrating, loving. I learned a lot that day. It's amazing where you can find church. I found it yesterday. I found church. We can celebrate the Spirit of God wherever we go. And if we're not careful at celebrating the Spirit of God, we can take part in damaging the Spirit of the love of Christ. Sometimes, even in the best situations, there are examples of that. Sometimes in moments of celebration when we are just there to love each other, there are folks that sometimes want to derail that. And when we had that uh, a couple of times, uh, these folks, they're, they're, their signs are, are nice, but the words that they were saying were very, very mean. Uh, they were yelling. They had a little PA system, and they were yelling that people were going to hell. This is actually a, a picture of me while they were uh, talking about how people were going to hell. I felt the... Uh, the call to stand in front of them and yell louder, God loves you just as you are. And we had a little fight going on there, I guess. They were yelling stuff. I was just repeating, God loves you just as you are. Uh, God loves you just as you are. Because I felt that in every situation, love wins. In every situation, we are called to love one another. I got pulled aside by one of them. They looked at my shirt. They saw that I was a pastor. They told me that I was leading people to hell. They called me an evil spirit. Uh, and they um, did this thing where um, I, I want to pray out loud for you. In other words, I want to make a speech and condemn you. And I responded, I said, how about we just pray for each other? And I told them to have a good day. And they yelled stuff as I was walking away. And it hurt. To, nobody, I mean, to hear that you're an evil spirit, <laughs> uh, or that you're uh, leading people to hell, um, it hurts. The old saying of sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, that guy was drunk when he said that because he got mixed up because sometimes the words actually hurt more than somebody hitting you with a stick, and it lasts longer. But you know what? I'm a, a heterosexual white male. That was just a taste. Just a taste. And it stung. And all I could think about was there are people in our world that that's a daily thing for them. Daily, there are people that get treated far worse than that. That's why we're here. Never forget that. That is why we are here. 
Because as soon as you say, I am a believer of Christ, it is not a gift that you just put in your pocket and get to walk away and say that you're better than everybody. It is an acceptance of responsibility. And that responsibility is to tell people they're loved. They're loved. We can commit the same level as a murder when we fail to tell somebody that they're loved. I was around loving people. I, I felt uh, energized. I, I, I even stood in front of the Westboro Baptist people with my lovely shirt and uh, told people that they're loved. They hated it. I loved it. We do have a world where people will try to murder your spirit and they will try to do everything they can to not give you the love of Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we must remain here. Tell people their love today. Whatever differences you have, don't murder the spirit of Christ. Question for you. Will's going to play for about 60 seconds. How are we keeping the love of Christ alive? I'll tell you one thing. I was around people that, uh, with that big of outcome that we had, I'm sure that there were people that believed and people that didn't. People that had different uh, uh, opinions than I did. But there was a love of Christ. And wouldn't it be a shame if I just kept that to myself? Let's think about that question for about 60 seconds. You can talk about it if you want, but how are we keeping the love of Christ alive? For centuries, we have tried to be powerful and to hate. And for centuries, it has never worked. My prayer for us this week and further is that we continue to try love. A welcoming spirit and the love of Christ. Remember, love and Christ is an action. May we be active this week. Love God. Who is love? Love yourself. Who is lovable? And love your neighbor. Who is everyone? Amen. Yeah.